And now back to the Sun and Fun Radio Deck, brought to you in part by Shoreline Aviation Services. And we are back here live at Sun and Fun 2018, our sixth and final day of the fly-in. We got bad weather coming in. They were talking about scrubbing things at 11, and I went, no, we can't do that. Uncontrolled airspace is on at 11, so we have to keep going. No, uh, that was a joke, folks. We are here at Sun and Fun, inclement weather coming in at 3 p.m. arrival time, give or take. We are shutting our doors at 1 today due to the weather because we want everybody to be safe. So please... As of 1 o'clock, the show is closed. We need people to watch out for vendors, tractor trailers, forklifts, people moving things. But we still have time. We are here. One of my traditions, the year before we started audio streaming, we had one live episode in the middle of the week of the Uncontrolled Airspace podcast, uncontrolledairspace.com. It was amazingly successful, hugely popular. It's been a relationship ever since then. This is 11 years, 11 shows we've done this, or 12, 2007 to 2018. I think it's 12. By my math, this is the 12th time we've done this. The 12th time or you guys have been year. here. The, the 12th, 12th year. year. The 23rd or something. That so means time. next year you get a baker's dozen. There we go. So every year, well, the first year it was one show. After that, it was a opening day in the evening, closing day in the morning. We are very happy to continue that tradition. It's been a wonderful relationship with Uncontrolled Airspace. We've helped them grow. They tell me we've, we've helped them grow, and I know for a fact that they have helped us grow. Thank you guys very much. And I'm going to step back. This is your hour, your show. I'm going to step back and let you guys do this and talk aviation. Take it away, Jack Hodgson. <laughs> Thank you, David, and welcome, folks, to Uncontrolled Airspace, the general aviation podcast. I'm Jack Hodgson, coming to you uh, once again from one of our favorite places in the world, the uh, grounds of the Sun and Fun Fly-In uh, here in Lakeland, Florida. And uh, uh, it's, uh, you know, anybody who simply listens to the full-length version of this podcast this week would think that it was a terrible weather week because it was uh, it was gray and rainy when we did this on, on Tuesday afternoon, and now they're getting ready for another line of storms this afternoon. It's been a beautiful week. I mean, this is... In between being bookended by bad weather... Uh, hasn't really hurt the show like we like we were afraid it would. Yeah, it's been great, and we're going to talk a little bit about some of the fun things that we did throughout the week and saw and and whatnot. But uh, um, yeah, this is the twelfth year, the twelfth fly time fly in that we've done episodes of the podcast from here. And they, uh, they, they just yeah. they just don't learn their lesson. They're I, they're applauding because they hope it's the last. Yay! Be done, please. Can't give you up. <laughs> that's right. Um, so uh, that's a, a little bit of a milestone, right? And uh, uh, and then also, and and this is totally these things just fall. In the old days, we used to try and plan to have these things happen at particular moments, but now they happen kind of randomly. And that is that this is episode number four hundred and fifty. Which is kind of an interesting little numerical milestone, huh? And I don't feel a bit over fifty. <laughs> I do. <laughs> you sit here and talk. I have to. Well, okay. I have to listen to you what, over what's in and the, what's over. What's in that coffee you've been drinking? <laughs> That's a trade secret. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so it's been a good week, David. Uh, Jeb, you missed a lot of it, but you we were here yesterday afternoon, sure. yeah, and yeah, you yesterday were here afternoon was beautiful. It was great, and the night air show was great. Yeah. Um, I'm glad I got to see all of that. The fireworks were spectacular. Um. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a happy camper. Um, so and the crowds um, seemed like they were uh, they were decent. I mean, obviously the, the Tuesday and Sunday was uh, was, a, uh, and today it's a little quiet. But uh, throughout the week, it's been great. And uh, the uh, 
It's funny, we were driving around yesterday afternoon when they were starting to gather for the night air show, and I was commenting that it didn't seem like as big a crowd as I would have expected. But by the time the night air show began, there was a really nice crowd. And uh, so, well, uh, while we're on the air here, just I, I'm led to believe. Yes. Uh, since the air show and the rest of the show has been canceled, um, some of the fireworks that were already <laughs> yeah. um, set up and ready to blow for the Torah, Torah, Torah. Um, uh, thing, thing. This yeah, a, this after, yeah event, the recreation event, of yeah. Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Um, they already had all that stuff set up, and it's a little bit more cumbersome to take it down. Yeah, it's safer to just ignite it. Like there's like gasoline and stuff yeah. involved here. So they're going to blow the thing. That's yeah. Uh, um, while we're on the air, yeah. Rumor gonna, has it it's going to happen just, in, in just about a few minutes, five or ten minutes. So if you're a big noise and we get silent for a minute, don't panic; it'll be fine. And uh, but yeah. They're gonna they're gonna set off the wall of fire, I think, or or they're gonna they're gonna ignite it somehow, some way, and uh, well, let's, let's easier to blow it up than it is to break it down. Exactly right. Uh, let's just hope it's just gasoline. Uh, sure. Why not? It's sure. Why not? Yeah. So, what kind of week have you had, Jack? I've this. You know, this flying is so different than the one up the road um, in many ways, and one of which is that it truly is much more relaxed here this week uh, it's it's just I don't know, it's southern hospitality or what it is but uh, it's it's just so you know kind of have a nice time it's almost vacation for me and uh, although I do podcasts every day and been doing some video stuff most every day or every other day or so um, so I've kept busy but uh, it's just kind of relaxing and uh, um, it, you know I I've watched a lot of airplanes in the sky and and sat with friends and chatted and made new friends and uh, um you know, did a little bit of research for, um, we talked about on the, on the last full-length episode, uh, my return to flight plans. So I was out talking to uh, the four flight guys and talking to some other folks about, you know, things like that and uh, and looking, you know, airplanes. And I sat in a 172 and put my hands on the yoke and went, room, room. You know, so I'm, just, I'm getting ready. I'm prepared. You, know, you remember that scene in the original Terminator movie where the Terminator's in his hotel room and the, the hotelier is banging on the door and you see um, the, the, the Terminator's... Uh, there mind. it is. There it is. Well, that was... Scrolling through a series of responses to the guy banging on the door. And, and you know, some of them are colorful. Oh, oh, yes. Some of them are, you know, I'm on my yep. way, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> I, see. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I see. Yeah, it sounds like they're. Oh, and we're seeing the black smoke too. Yeah, the uh, we can't actually see the flight line from here because the building's in the way. Um, they could not. They could not remove the ordinance that they had set up. They could not remove the special right. effects for the air show. They had to detonate them in place. So that's what we're getting. Yeah, yeah, we just yeah. talked about that. Like we said, thank you, David, because we we were scared. I'm glad you explained that to us. But like we said, it's it's easier to blow it up once it's set up than yeah. it is to break it down. <laughs> Shaw better just give me one of those radio signals again. Um, so, uh, was it like one minute left? You're number one. <laughs> uh, how about you, David? How was your week? Uh, the week's been outstanding. I've been on the deck here every morning as a host for the uh, uh, chats on the deck, and uh, that's been a lot of fun. Uh, and we were a little concerned coming down here because en route to uh, Florida, uh, the word trickled through that the uh, one of the Air Force Thunderbirds had suffered a fatal crash out at Nellis Air Force Base and knew instinctively that that means they're going to go into a stand-down mode and they wouldn't be here. Then we had that wet opening day, and I do mean wet opening day, 
But despite that, all the great weather that followed opening day, our attendance is up. We had Lights Lean House on the deck here with us for I was, the radio show. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. What did he tell you about the, the results and whatnot? They're, they're ahead of their best year ever, which was last year. Even but having I, lost, basically lost yeah, Tuesday. Not counting today's attendance, they were already ahead by 5%. So Good for them. That's yeah. great. That's great. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you and I went to the uh, the fish fry there. That was kind of fun. And the, the, one of the reasons the fish fry stands out for me um, is that we met a bunch of new friends. You know, you, you stand in line waiting for, you know, the for the food because it's kind of a buffet-ish kind of thing, you know. And so you wait in line to get your food, and, and you get random people ahead of you and behind you in the line. And so we were chatting with them, and that was a lot of fun. And then people you sit with at the tables and uh, – um, it's, yeah. a, it's a wonder you could carry on a conversation with all the stomach growling that was going on waiting to get fed. Yeah, we were, it, were, it started a little late. I don't remember it starting that late last year. It didn't start till 7. Did you, did you have french fries with this fish? No, we didn't. <laughs> okay. That was a fish and chips yeah, joke, it, folks. It, it was not that? fish and chips. Did it was fish and hush yep. puppies yep. and coleslaw yep. I, I'm, I'm and just baked clar- beans. I'm just, and, since we we're on topic of this meal, I, I just I wanted to clarify the menu. Yeah, but Thank it you. was fish. It was fish. It was fish and, and hush puppies and baked beans, and it was good. It was good. And uh, you you yeah, you make light of the vintage fish fry. Shame on I you. I do not make light of the vintage fish fry. <laughs> I, I express no opinion. I simply clarify the menu. I'm I'm concerned about the the. The f- com- combining fish yeah. with French fries. Yeah. Well, you know what? We'll that's, swing that's by. A concern of mine. We'll we'll swing by Hidden River on the way home tonight. We'll all get some fish and chips. We'll go to that restaurant that you like out there. That uh... <laughs> I think they're closed on Sunday evening. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That leaves Long John Silver's. You know who I didn't get a chance to see this week, and I'm really kind of disappointed. Um, one of our Air Venture Today buddies, Fred Johnson, was in town. Um, I would have looked forward to seeing him too. Uh, I saw some of his art in, uh, in, t- the, in the newspaper. Yep. Some of his and, photos were yeah, there. Um, He's clearly doing the same quality work and the same uh, detail yeah. that he did so many years for AirVenture today and continues to do. Yeah, Fred is a great fan really of is. and expert on warbirds. Um, he was a museum curator and... Uh, and NASA, for, for NASA. Yeah, for, yeah, 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 yeah. Just those folks, you know, a little, little aviation yeah. outfit. Yeah, right. You know. um, and well, now runs I, a very successful YouTube channel that I'm blanking its name now. It's called... Uh, it's about trains and airplanes. It's trains and airplanes. Well, I can YouTube. confirm his presence it. here beyond his uh, his appearance as a photographer in the show daily here, uh, Sun and Fun Today. Uh, I was heading back here from the campsite, and Fred was heading in the opposite direction on a golf cart, and we had just enough time to wave and go, hi, bye. <laughs> and he was motoring off, and I motored off. Yeah. But shout out to Fred. Yes. Glad to see him here. I think this might be his first one. Um, I, I think it is. I yeah. think it was, I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry we didn't get a chance to hook up. I I know um, early and on I, I had different plans. And I know so. Jack's list has got a, a, a line item to talk about downturn, and we haven't had any real signs of downturn here this week. Well, I haven't been able to – get around the same kind of ways you have and the same kind of days that you have. Um, I see the exhibit halls are, fill, are filled. I don't see any empty space, any empty booths. Yeah, they the were as busy hall. as I've ever seen them. Uh, I see all, you know, all of the, the usual suspects here, and some of them um, you know, have uh, substantial uh, exhibits, just, just as substantial as, as they kind of always have. I can't really gauge the, uh, the attendance because both days I spent any quality time here, um, there were weather reasons for attendance to be down. 
that said, um, last night was jam packed with with uh, yeah. uh, attendees for the air shows and uh, the night air show and the fireworks. That was all good. Um, so, from all and if and if uh, management says the numbers are up, Shazam, let's go. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we've been joined here uh, on the deck uh, and in our virtual hangar by a, a good friend of ours, a friend that we, we've known for a number of years now. Uh, in uh, in a previous life, she was involved with a little fly-in that takes place in the uh, highlands of Florida, um, and uh, she's now moved on to bigger and better things. And uh, hi, Jana. Jana Phillips is here. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. Thank and first you of all, have I said us? your first name right? I'm always confused. It's Jana or Jana? It is Jana. Jana. Okay. Just one Philip. And one Philip, I know. I, and I looked Phil- at the note F- as I was L-A. saying that, and I'm going, oh, I did that wrong, yeah. too. Yeah, it's Jana Phillip. Hi. It's good to be here. Thank it's you. Nice to see you. Thanks. So you've been here all week long, uh, kind of uh, waving the flag for your DeLand fly-in, right? I have been. It's, How- a, it's amazing. Our third annual event will take place this November. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the, the, your fly-in. Describe it and the scope and the, the kind of things that go on there. I would love to. It is held at the DeLand Municipal Airport and it is a recreational airport, and this show is all about sport aviation, recreational aviation, and it is dedicated to that. It's a three-day destination event, mm-hmm. and we've had over 100 exhibitors on the field, again, all related to the sport aviation industry, and we have educational seminars, hands-on workshops, and it's just a wonderful time of the year to be in Florida, great weather. And it's a three-day show. This year, the dates are November 1, 2, and 3. Mm-hmm. Now, and I haven't had an opportunity to visit that fly-in yet. David, you were there uh, the, the first year, I believe, right? Yeah, attended the uh, the first one, which Jenna very cleverly scheduled for an opening day that uh, uh, overlapped Vendor Bonding Day, better known as the closing day of the National Business Aviation Association Convention. And true to her plan, a whole lot of us made the drive over from uh, the Orlando Convention Center up to DeLand to see how this new show went. And it was for a first show, it knocked our socks off uh, because, you know, launching something new is always a uh, an, an act of faith. And you never know how it's going to turn out until you do it. And it turned out so well. They did a second. Now we're on to the third. You look like you've got, got some momentum and you're going to be with us for the long haul. That is our plan. It really is. And again, DeLand is a recreational airport known also for skydiving. And in conjunction with having this annual show, we are using the skydive business development model for the Sport Aviation Village. So the city has designated a 40-acre tract to building a manufacturing commerce park Again, all related to the sport aviation facility. So we don't necess- we don't have an aerobatic show um, or a kid zone or bounce house. It's more of a trade show for aviation, for the sport aviation market. And that allows our airways to stay open for those ever-important demo flights every day, all day during the event. What mm-hmm. kind of um, uh, businesses are you looking for to uh, come in and occupy that 40-acre development area? You know, whether it be manufacturing, assembly, sales, service, avionics, we actually have an interest list over 20 people strong, companies strong right now. And those people, again, they're all related to the sport aviation industry, but it's kind of threefold where they're coming from. Some are 
coming from abroad looking to establish a U.S. headquarters here. And with our location so easily accessible by land, sea, and air, that works out well. Some folks up north have realized that you can fly 12 months out of the year in Florida. So that is attractive. And other ones are simply expanding their businesses. Okay. Cool. Yeah. How's the, how the uh, preparations progressing for this year's show? Very well. <clears throat> and I try to use all local um, resources in putting on this show, which means Volusia County. And third time's charm, I have just landed a creative director that will make all the difference in the world moving forward. And um, so very well. The exhibitors are all locked in for next year. Um, Happy to come back. I sourced out about 18 to 20 new exhibitors that have expressed an interest in being with us. And it's a feel that it's rolling. Um, A startup show was a little more of a challenge than what I even anticipated that it would be. (laughs) But, you know... Within the sport aviation community and with you all in media, the support has been there. And I've always said it starts at the top. And our biggest fans are the DeLand mayor and city manager. And the airport manager there is just phenomenal. So this was not a one-time try it, you know, see if it sticks or flies. But it, we're in it for the long haul. Mm-hmm. And it'll grow slow and stable and... Um, it's just a good feel show yeah. and a fun time for all. I, I've gotten that impression from what I've read about it. That DeLand is a, as a community is, is different than some, you know, you hear about stories all over America where the community doesn't like the airport and wants the airport to go away. And it's obviously a very different situation in DeLand. You know, it is. And again, you know, I'll repeat it. It starts at the top. And, um, but it truly is the entire community. Stetson University is there, right in our downtown area, and to land for the year of 2017 was named America's Main Street, which means for their Main Street, their Main Drag downtown, they won over all the other Main Streets in the United States, hmm. and we won that award in 2017. Nice. And um, it's so accessible and just easy to get to. And as far as the relationship, you know, I get it all the time, especially at shows like this, you know. How do you and Skydive Delan get along? Oh, I bet, you know, there's some compromise there. And everybody just plays in that sandbox really, really nicely. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it goes back to the airport manager. He came up through the ranks of Skydive. He is the one that had the vision for the village and the showcase. So, you know... I think it's the openness and um, people talk about things, which is a real nice concept that a lot of times is just overlooked. Sure. And we get together on a monthly basis and just talk through things and um, just a, a really fun place to be. What kind of longer range plans does the airport and uh, county government have in mind? You know, the sport aviation village that I was talking about is actually a three-phase project. And phase 1A went out to bid the week before I came to Sun and Fun. So um, although everything combined with the city and the FAA and the FDOT, it might take some time and there might be a few extra steps. It's also done the right way. So that is a long-range project. 
Phase 1A will have six manufacturing sites to build on and 21 additional tea hangers. Y'all are from Florida. You know that tea hangers are at such a premium in the state of Florida. Yes, indeed. So Phase 1A will have 21 tea hangers, and then another 21 are planned for Phase 3. So the Phase 1 will be the 3,000 to 6,000 square foot hangar occupants. And then as we grow, so will the size of the hangers. And again, it's a 40-acre tract. And that'll, that'll take us a few years to get to that point. What other facilities does the airport offer? Um, you have a traditional FBO? We do. DeLand Aviation okay. is on our base. You will see Swift Fuels okay. come on to our campus, hopefully by the time of the third annual show. Um, definitely by the time phase one mm -hmm. of the village is ready to go. Um, it, the FBO there has a flight school. They do the car rentals. Mm -hmm. They have all of the fuel They do sales. maintenance, things they, like that. They do. We also have uh, located right across the ramp um, from the FBO, Tommy Aircraft, who is Tad Olmsted, is just very well known for maintenance, assembly. Mm -hmm. He does a lot of the assembly of the sport aircraft. Okay. He does Technam, Pipistrel, Bristol, oh, okay. Paradise, sure. just um, one of the number one Rotax guys. So that is just like a real feather in our cap, um, especially when we're talking about the village. There's a resource there. The long range um, plans for the village is to assist the home builder. Mm -hmm. So that not everyone has to build a paint shop or, you know, doping sure. hazardous. Sure. So sure. just to have that home builder assist. Is there, do you have a restaurant on the field? We have two excellent ones, and they are worth coming in for that $100 hamburger. Yeah. One is right at Skydive to Land, so you can literally sit and watch one of the 100,000 people that drop out of the sky every year. Uh -huh. And the other one is the airport restaurant right on the ramp as well. Yeah. Cool. And yeah. they're both really good. Your face really lit up when you started describing the restaurants. It is good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's good. That's great. I've missed it this last uh -huh. week. Yeah. You're... Sorry, go ahead. Uh, uh, no, I was just going to say that, uh, so obviously the, the Showcase Fly-In uh, event is growing nicely, uh, and that's, that's nice. I'm wondering, though, if you have, what is your dream for that event, say, five years out? Is it, is it just simply get bigger, or do you have any other ideas or things that you'd like to do with that? You know, one of the things that attracted me to DeLand is their mission statement is clearly defined, mm -hmm. and the goals tie in on how to get there. Mm -hmm. And number one, we will remain dedicated to the sport aviation and recreational industry. We will grow slow and stable. We won't, um, you know, we are not competition for another Sun and Fun. Um, love this show as a show organizer. I really, really admire what they do here with everything. We will never become a mini sun and fun. And what's important to us is the quality of the exhibitor and the quality of the attendee. Mm -hmm. Well, that's great. Now, well, you still have uh, openings if uh, people want to sign up and exhibit, or are you sold out? No, we have openings on the field. I added about 20% uh, for this year. And just like the other years when those are sold, that's what we know in our third year we can take care of with the um, with. And for folks who want to come, they can find you on the Internet where? www.sportaviationshowcase.com. And folks can get uh, tickets and arrange their admissions and camping in advance? They can. Um, 
it's all posted on the website. I think it's pr pretty clearly laid out. We add it as time builds towards our event. So the exhibitor registration is up there now. Volunteer registration will go up along the 1st of September. Media registration right after Oshkosh. So keep checking back mm -hmm. throughout the year, and it builds as we go. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jana. Jana Phillip you. is the uh, Sport Aviation Administrator of the DeLand Sport Aviation Village and Showcase and uh, and a dear old friend of ours. And I I'm hopeful I'm going to get thank there. This I'm looking forward to it. I really want to come up. To, uh, it's just at a funny time of year with my regular work. But Thank uh, you for your time this morning yes, and for having you. me as a guest. You're very, very welcome and very, very good luck. And, thank and, you. And our best to uh, your lovely husband, Gary. Lovely. I always thank enjoy you. hearing his music when yeah. you throw your little por party over yeah. at the Lama Thank Town. you and thanks for coming. We have fun. Yeah, we got to take a break here. Um, so well, when we get back, we're going to continue talking about uh, our experiences past week. We're going to be joined by at least one of the uh, bad boys of uncontrolled airspace uh, and talk a little bit about uh, about, you know, being a bad they, boy. Who let them in? Yeah, I know, really. But, you know, it's it's a thing. Anyways, uh, you're listening to a, a very special episode of uncontrolled airspace on Sun and Fun Radio. Sun and Fun thanks our sponsor, AOPA. And now back to the Sun and Fun Radio Deck, brought to you in part by Aviators Hotline. Back here on the deck, and uh, Dave and I were just talking off the air that it's uh, it, it's going to storm here later on, and rain pretty good, and the wind's going to blow. But man, it's muggy right now. It's uh, yeah, the humidity has jacked up a few points since we uh, woke up this morning. And it's funny there was no dew on anything this morning. Yeah, uh, but uh, you could tell the moment we stepped out of the trailer this morning, it was it, it could feel the mugginess in the it, air. It didn't that. get cold enough to do up the do up the golf carts and and and, and give us a little wet butt soak for our drive in. And we ask the Florida boy here, is this normal? Is this a typical kind of in in April? Uh we've certainly seen weather like this in April in, in this part of Florida before. <laughs> that's another version of that's another way of saying it depends. Um pretty much, yeah. Um how long ago was it that there was a tornado that came through here? In yeah, April? don't even say that out so loud today. I'm they're just, really freaked out about well, this. And and they're taking every precaution, and they should. Yeah, and they're doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they've they've um, gotten pretty serious about. Right. Um, yeah, I think did Dave say? Yeah, Shell better said this on at the beginning of this podcast, so our listeners should know that that bad weather, seriously bad weather. Like I was looking at the radar. Um, there's a couple of rotational symbols uh, on, on. It's out over the Gulf right now. But, this is uh, not like the the end of. Uh, the movie on the beach where the guy takes the fixes the radio transmitter okay it's not like that there's not going to be an open mic or anything like that it's it's going to be completely different okay if you say so yes. yeah now right. there's something completely different that's right. yeah that's right uh joined on the deck here in our virtual hangar uh is uh is uh, yeah one of the bad boys of uncontrolled airspace uh jim we'll, we'll keep transmitting as long as we can jim the, goldman hi jim g's here hi jim, jim. g's here the, the calves to the rescue uh, that's right yeah that's right uh yeah and and we may need your help up north later, later on in the summer but we'll talk about that later we'll on I'll, um, I'll send you a, a price estimate hardly saw you this year here at sun and fun you no, you, you were busy off doing some other stuff and uh but uh, and 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 you certainly can tell us about that. But in general, you you have a a, a perspective and a, a position, if you will, to view Sun and Fun from a different angle than some of us do. And uh, um, tell us about some of the things that are going on at this fly-in or have gone on this week, and as it as it kind of continues to evolve. Well, the <clears throat> the Sun and Fun week has really been great. It's been it's a, as you guys have talked about. It has exceeded expectations. With one day lost to rain and uh, 
Got it. And one day lost to rain and the loss of the Thunderbirds due to an unfortunate accident. The expectation was that uh, this would be a, something less than stellar. But uh, as uh, um, Lights reported and you guys reported, the attendance really was better than last year, not worse. Mm-hmm. So we were um, thrilled. And the reaction on the flight line last night, which I judged from hanging around the uh, air show seating during the night air show, the enthusiasm was terrific. The crowds were there. And um, I don't know. It's It had a great feel to it this year. What's mm-hmm. your favorite thing so far on this show? Noise. Um, it's not noise. One, it's a couple of jets or one jet. One of my favorite things I would say would be the uh, Paradigm power Paraglider Act. Okay. All right. These are f- six, five guys who, not five guys, restaurant, but five guys. <laughs> Who uh, w- sponsorship opportunity there, right there? There you right? go. There you go. <laughs> uh, uh, five yeah. young men yep. who wear uh, powered paragliders. These are almost like a backpack with an engine strapped to your back and a propeller and a power foil wing. Right. And the, I, if, if you think you guys want to do this, the oldest one of those guys was twenty six. That'll make you feel old. Yeah. Well. Um, but they do aerobatics with parafoils, including going over the top of the foil, which you would think is not possible because the foil generally holds you up from the earth against gravity. So if you're on top of your parachute, think of a parachute. How could you be upside down on your parachute? But that's what they do. Yeah. It's called positive G-forces. Well, well and Jeb, they, yeah, let out the magic. And, and they have lights in, in, in the cowl. And they do. And yeah, they light they, them they have lights in the cowling, um, which is our standard for really cool acts. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about, Jim, They not on, but they not only you know, sort of make a loop, which, you know, a big a big circle in the sky, they actually pivot around the canopy, right? Yes, they pivot they, around the canopy. I mean, I'm sure there's a little bit of forward motion at this during this procedure, but it's not just like the whole thing kind of gra- gracefully goes around. It's like they're it, like oh, as goes, if... Oh, it goes fast. As if, the, as if the canopy is a pivot point and they're like spinning around. It's kind of freaky looking. And, uh, but it, it is. And they, and they do it five, six, seven times in a row. And uh, just think of how your stomach would react oh, to that. Oh, yeah. No, no. Well, think about trying that for the first time. <laughs> yeah. <I know>. Right. <laughs> yeah. Here's are, what I'm going to do. You're going to do what? Yeah. They are one of the Old more. Old beer. With fireworks online, too? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah we are, actually mentioned that when in the Daily last night uh, um, that we had seen them do that. They had another, another maneuver, which is just very picturesque, which is the five stacked up. Five. Stacked five. Fly, yep. down, mm-hmm. Flying down the flight line. I'm sorry. I interrupted somebody. Oh, that's a, they are one of the more original acts on the field. And, of course, the longer we have air, aerobatic acts and air shows, the tougher it gets to come up with something new and, and, and different. And these guys certainly close the loop. They on certainly that. do. Yeah, Jim. For the last, uh, I don't know, maybe even a year or so, uh, we've been occasionally uh, checking in with you um, as you uh, managed. We're in the process of acquiring a new airplane, um, and uh, as I understand it, you finally received delivery on this airplane just in time for it to snow in Pennsylvania. Just, just in time. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> order, order to give people an idea how long it takes to get a new airplane. I signed the purchase order sales agreement in February of 2017. Okay. The airplane arrived in the United States in late September, and then it has to go through a uh, airworthiness certification process and get its numbers and all the you know paperwork. 
Uh, it arrived in my hangar in early December, just in time to shut the door. Yeah. But uh, so it sat in the hangar all winter, but now um, winter is finally starting to let loose up in the northeast, and you've actually been flying in it a few times. First of all, what, what, what is the airplane? I have a BRM Aero Bristel NG5. Okay. Better known as the Bristel, B R I S T E L. Give us a kind of physical description of this aircraft. It's a. It's a two-seat, side-by-side, light sport aircraft, empty. It weighs 800 pounds. It's an all-aluminum riveted construction with um, carbon fiber spars mm-hmm. low for wing, strengthening. Single it's engine, a low wing, yeah. low wing, Rotax, a 912UL, I'm sorry, 912IS. I have the injected yeah. Rotax 912 engine. Yep. Um, light sport also means fixed gear. So. Fixed gear, uh, only a ground adjustable propeller cannot be changed in the air. Yeah, okay. It, light sport means airplanes that are simple to operate and simple to maintain. Mm-hmm. So no retractable gear, yeah. no adjustable propeller. Why did you choose this airplane? What, what, what did you find appealing before you bought it? Mostly I found, I'm from eastern, southeastern Pennsylvania, and the U.S. distributor importer is in Lancaster, or Lancaster as they say out there, and... And um, they are good friends of mine through previous airplane sales and through seeing them at the air shows and helping them a little bit. A friend of mine is uh, runs this business and he's trying to make it as a mm-hmm. making a business work in aviation, as we all know, is a challenge. And I'm trying to help him. So I knew the guys really well. So what clinched the deal for me was that the local support and expertise for this aircraft is in my backyard. That's why I bought it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You still you were certified to maintain an aircraft you previously owned. Yep. I Does am, that transfer in any, any way to the yep. new aircraft? The Light Sport Repairman Certificate is a like the A&P for the light sport world. So in the world of aircraft that carry a light sport airworthiness certificate, I'm an A&PIA. Okay. That's not a Piper Cub that qualifies for a sport pilot to fly. These are airplanes that have to have an airworthiness certificate that says light sport aircraft. Understood. Understood. Yeah. So you, cool. yeah. So you 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 have a lot of expertise with these these aircraft and the systems and whatnot. So so who assembled the airplane? Who flew it first? The Milan Berstelia is the designer. He designed mm-hmm. the Piper Sport and the Czech Sport Cruiser, and then he broke away from those companies to form his own company. And that's why this is now bears his name. The test pilot is his son Martin. Okay. Uh, so he flew it first in the Czech Republic, I believe, while we were at Oshkosh. Okay. Or shortly thereafter. Once those guys got back to the Czech Republic from Oshkosh, they, uh, well, once Dad did, they um, packed it up and crated it into a, uh, a shipping container, much like you would see near ports and mm-hmm. on ships. Mm-hmm. And it came across the Atlantic Ocean. It's not a sleep, it's not a float plane. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long taxi. Yeah. <laughs> and it was delivered by truck to Lancaster Airport, where the folks in Lancaster unpacked it. I helped. And put the wings on and put the tail on and then went through the process of uh, certification here in the U.S. to get the airworthiness certificate. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Now, you mentioned something when we were talking about the light sport repairman certificate that I think escapes a lot of people. When they think of light sport, they think, oh, I've got to go out and if I want to fly one of those, I've got to go out and buy one of these new fancy schmancy six-figure things. But we have... An element that we've generically come to call legacy light sport. Can you explain what that is and why people might want to pay attention to that? Sure. 
we have new light sport aircraft, as you alluded to, that are certificated as light sport aircraft, meeting some criteria and definition. We can do that another time. But it turns out, because of the sport pilot license, or sport pilot certificate, more properly called, allows you to fly any airplane that meets the light sport definition, it, 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 it turns out that there are some legacy airplanes that were certificated under older FAA rules. CAR 3. CAR 3 and Part 23. Um, that meet the same definition in terms of weight, size, speed, and complexity. And if it works out in the rules that if you're a sport pilot certificate holder, you can fly the older aircraft that meet the definition, even though they don't carry the sport pilot certificate. And the examples would be the Aronka Champ, the Piper Cub, certain... Um, oh, what's the one with the, with the rotate... With the, tires that turn um the one without the yeah certain air coupes some of some of the older air coupes right. fit within the weight and, and and size limitations yeah jeb's jeb's champ jeb's champ jeb's is one champ. yep yeah taylor craft uh luscombe's luscombe eight right uh series up yeah. to a certain point they they fall within it by dent of seating capacity speed uh so, fixed so, gear right Wait. Yeah. There, there's no there's no question um, sport light, light sport is is uh, popular. There's no question also that one of the reasons uh, for its earlier popularity was the lack of a need for a medical certificate. Right. Now that we have basic med, yeah. Do I, we have any numbers yet on on what if any impact there has been on the light sport? I, I haven't heard any numbers. I would imagine it's a little too soon. Still. I don't have numbers, but the feedback so far is that it really hasn't had an impact. And and I and I'm going to conjecture as to why. Light sport goes beyond fixed wing airplanes. The world of light sport includes weight shift control trikes, sure. of which I own and operate one. Um, powered uh, parachutes, another category. There are light sport gliders. Um, there may be others. I may miss something. The point is it's a whole world of recreational and sport flying, so those people are not motivated necessarily to go out and do basic med. They're, they're just happy with the sure. sport pilot sure. certificate because all the aircraft in their world, they can fly. That's interesting. That's, um, a, that's a good observation. Before I change the subject, um, Jim, complete the thought and tell us what it's been like to actually fly this airplane, this Bristol. It, it, we told people it's been sitting in the hangar, which is true, but I also have hours in the rental, so I have some experience with it. it it's a very um, docile airplane. It's ex- all of its handling is expected. It doesn't do anything bizarre or unusual in terms of dropping wings or stalling unexpectedly or sure getting well. getting a- <laughs> well with it, without you on board, Jeb. <laughs> well, you did, you got to put that limitation in the handbook. <laughs> so it, it it turns out to be a very it's a very good trainer because it, uh, um, it just handles very well, easy to land. Any flap configuration will do. Um, I mean, you have to learn how to do this, but just. Just a real, as, as they say, an honest airplane that does what you expect it to do when you expect to do it to do it. Yeah. 
Very interesting. I'm still not happy about the wings being on the wrong part of the airplane. See, but another high wing guy right here. Although he did buy a low wing airplane, it's a, so, dis- it's uh, a disease. Yeah, right. Anyways, thank you, Jim. Um, stick around if you like. But uh, yeah, I, I'm going to kind of change the subject here a little bit. Uh-oh. Thank you for for the All info, right. though. All right. Speaking, by the way, I just want to change uh, Lancaster, Lancaster. Well, I say Lancaster because I land at Lancaster. But the locals call it Lancaster. A stone throw away from Lancaster is uh, a legendary a- uh, airport, uh, which is, do you know what I'm talking about? Smoketown. Smoketown. And where do you think we go to practice takeoffs and yeah. landings? A Smoketown. Yeah, Smoketown, the home. The f- and this is what I might, point I want to make here. Turns out the former home of the Smoketown 152. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, so I've been following the Smoketown 152 on FlightAware for years. I've subscribed to so and it doesn't file many flight plans, but when it does, I get an email. Um, and I hadn't got one in quite some time. All right, We knew it was for sale about two years ago or a year ago or something like that. Um, and uh, I finally got one the other day uh, that it had gone flying and uh, clicked the links, the appropriate links, to discover that it is now registered and apparently based up in Minnesota now. In Minnesota? Uh, yeah, up in that part of the country. So, uh, so you know, legends... That's a little know. long to commute for a lesson. I know, you know, oh, which oh, means the White oh. House is probably a little bit safer than it was before. Our Smoketown has lost its claim to fame. I know, huh? So, anyways. There's, they should have a Wikipedia page for that. They, they, they really should. They really should. Uh, it has been a great week. Um, a couple of, um, you know, sort of product things I think were interesting. Um, did you see, and I'm pretty sure, Jeb, you didn't have an opportunity, David... One of the Cessnas, I believe it was the Skyline they had out on the grass over there, had this heads-up display device um, sitting on the uh, on on top of the panel. Are you yeah. familiar? Apparently, it's called a Epic Optics heads-up display, um, and yeah, apparently there's some sort of partnership with them and Cessna. What, what do you know? Well, they uh, th- <coughs> that's the second GA-oriented heads-up display that I've seen uh, debuted here in. in two years uh first one was for an experimental aircraft set up and it worked through uh grand rapids uh primary flight displays it just takes a feed from it yeah. 300 bucks sits on the you, you, that's all that's you, yeah, yeah you put the uh, combiner on the uh glare shield you you put the optics up on the uh, windshield is this the it, one that they've been showing at the my go flight booth uh, yes okay. same one same one okay now Cessna is partnering with these folks uh to develop a similar system for certificated aircraft mm-hmm. very simple box sits on the panel uh, on the glare shield and the uh, uh lens is up here all the optics and the combiner and it takes its feed off mm-hmm. the uh, uh what do they call those things integrated avionics package so it gives you Attitude, air data, air speed. Uh, it lets you see the runway, keep your eyes on the critical instruments mm-hmm. all at the same time. Yeah, I've, I've long said that's going to be the next niche product in avionics for GA. Uh, once we get beyond, yeah. say, the SB scare. Really? It, it uh, heads yeah, up displays. Heads up displays. I've had the heads-up um, display in my yeah. car, which well, shows, that's the and, thing, that, so and that, and it really, that's the you, thing. you drive with yeah. it and you figure, yeah. this is really cool. Yeah. Well, what... Uh, certification basis is there for any of this right now? I think they're going to bring it in under a PMA. Okay. Uh, so PMA it'll connect is? to Garmin 530Ws and stuff like that? I can't tell you that much. You I have to have your own uh, uh, they, they, were out, they were out of literature when I stopped by there to try what, to what's a, a big surprise. What's a PMA? Uh, Parts Manufacturing Authority. Okay. Which is one of the ways that we can put uh, 
avionics that are not TSO'd in an aircraft that's type certified. Uh, the other option is through an STC, but PMA is, uh, is the hot setup for a lot of these outfits. It's a good thing you're like not a, like and, a, and if it if it doesn't hardwire into anything, if it's if it's a portable yeah. device like you know, um, some of these automobile uh, rigs are, um, or it then could, it doesn't even need certification. Right. It might be Bluetooth or Wi-Fi into sure. the thing. Yeah. So I don't know. I, th- 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 what I was marveling here is that it's a good thing David's like not a writer or something like that because he 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 he. he, he in my asking him to explain what a PMO was or PMA, PMA was, he Cooks then manufacturing he authority. then used the word the, the phrase TSO, right? And I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just going to let it go with that. Anyways, what else have we seen? It seems like at least this year and for a few years now, um, we're seeing all kinds of new avionics, lots of avionics, and maybe fewer new airplanes. Am I mistaken about that, or is it the the pace? Of development and advance in avionics is it, it makes it a little hard to keep up with, yeah. to be honest. Uh, particularly in the last uh, two years since the FAA relaxed its approach to uh, uh, these non-certified systems, uh, we started out with angle of attack indicators uh, coming in under uh, PMA uh, as a safety-enhancing device that doesn't replace an airspeed indicator; it augments it. So you've got this non-certified system there augmenting what the uh, airspeed indicator, which has to be approved, says. And it gives you indications when you're getting at an angle of attack that's going to precipitate a stall. And it does it graphically. Mm-hmm. And if you put it up in your, in your field of view and pay attention, when it goes from green to yellow and then starts to flicker that first red bar, that's the time to push on the yoke or push on the stick mm-hmm. because the next stop after that is a stall. And as we've been hearing and preaching for a few years, loss of control in flight is still a major factor in sure. our safety record. Sure, yeah. Um, we are starting to reach at the end of our allotted time here. Um, and uh, But I did want to touch on one thing. Jim, I forgot to ask you about this. Yes. Um, so you participated in a really interesting event earlier in the week here. Real quickly, tell us what you did and uh, describe it. Okay. I was invited to a wedding here in Paradise City. Two of my friends, Larry and Amy, uh, produced the Rev, the Revo, and the Revolt. R-E-V, R-E-V-O, R-E-V-O-L-T. Okay. These are uh, uh, weight shift controlled trikes. Yep. And they, all their friends are here in Paradise City, and this is a meaningful place to them, so they decided to get married here. Uh, Sun and Fun President and CEO Lights Leanhouse did the ceremony mm-hmm. for them, and it was a steampunk theme wedding. It was steampunk. It's, it, I've seen some Very pictures. Cool. I've seen pictures of the entire group. I've seen pictures of you. Yes, right? in my steampunk uh, In your steampunk costume. outfit with your, yep. your little your sparkly goggles yep. there with the lights going up. Yeah, that may be the picture for the uh, for this episode. Uh-oh. We'll All see. right. I don't know. Hey, before I go, shout out to Larry Overstreet yep. and Brad Launchpad Marzari. Yep. They are the only... They're the big fans of Uncontrolled Airspace who showed up to listen to this on the deck. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. We appreciate them being here. Um, Normally, at this point in the the episode, I would ask what we're planning to do for the rest of the day, but I think most of us are planning to find a hidey hole and and hunker down. Um, Jeb, you're going to hit the road real fast. You want to get home before the Uh, the storm hits. Yeah. Yeah. Hit yeah. the road, Jeff. Yeah, we're actually going to do come back some more. We're actually going to step off the deck um, when we finish you here. Keep singing. 
and record. We, you keep letting him sing. Uh, it's it's uh, you know yeah. Uh, we're going to record a quick daily just to kind of wrap things up um, before Jeb hits the road. But uh, Dave and I are going are here one more night. Um, yeah. So we're going to ride out the storm, uh, and uh, I haven't quite decided where yet. But uh, but we're going to see what the storm is like. Yeah, and, my uh, my travel plans are locked in. I don't see any need to change them, move them up, move them back, move them out. Uh, and I just wasn't interested in an old dark. There's got to be a up. baseball game on TV in a bar somewhere. Yeah, baseball. yeah. He was suggesting that we find a bar. I'm thinking we go to one of the steakhouses out on uh, on the main drag there. I'm, and, I'm uh, here tonight, guys. Yeah, so we'll all go find some place and uh, drink beers and eat steak. And uh, you uh, know. I guarantee you, we'll find something to do. But we may not have to leave the field to do it. Ah, okay. Oh. Trust me on that. Dave's Dave's hooked up. He's right. yeah, yeah, yeah. That all that may be well and good, but. Leaving the field in the teeth of a major storm coming through well, is not a bad idea. Yeah, but I just want to be in well, a hard wall. Just got to come back. Yeah, I just want to be in a hard walled building. I figure if I'm in a good solid structure, then it just all comes down to a crapshoot. Where you know, I mean, because if I if I leave the field now, it busts my record. Rem- I haven't been remind off the field me to play you Sunday. in poker sometime. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, we're going to start to wrap this thing up here. There, give me one finger in the in the air here, which means we're almost done. Um, big thanks to everyone here. Uh, first of all, uh, Jana Phillips, uh, Philip, oh, Jana Phillips. <laughs> Jan, uh, Jan, Jana Phillip um, uh, from the Deland uh, Aviation Jana, Showcase. Jana, 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 Jana Phillip, no S. Um, uh, it was really really nice to stop by and tell us what they're up to down there. And if you're uh, in the area in November, you should definitely check out their flying. Uh, Jim G, thank you very much for coming My on pleasure. here. My pleasure. Thanks really, for having really me. Really appreciate it. Earlier in the week, Amy Lobota joined us, and it's always a pleasure to see Amy. Um, we're going to try and get her on one of the full blown, uh, uh, full hour long episodes uh, when we get back home and start doing it by phone again. Um, and uh, and uh, oh, it's it's Mike is our engineer, I believe, and uh, uh, Robert. Robert, excuse me, I knew that. Robert is our engineer. Robert's up there. <laughs> And even though I get his name wrong, he's doing a terrific job, and we thank him for that. Uh, thank you to uh, all of our friends here at Sun and Fun Radio who have made us so feel so at home uh, this year as in all of the past uh, 12 years. Uh, we really appreciate that. And, of course, uh, Chairman Schalbetter um, couldn't be a better friend, and uh, we really, really appreciate uh, his. It, 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 and we're all his fault on this. That's right. So, uh, anyways, that's it for this year uh, here for us, anyways, at Sun and Fun Flying. We thank you. The, that's uh, Jeb Burnside. I'm Jack Hodgson. Dave Higdon, quickly, what were you going to tell us? Yep. We expect to see you here next year, but not older because time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. Bye-bye. And that's enough talking. Let's go flying. AMF. <laughs>